Welcome back to On The Go Podcast, man. I'm Jimmy. This is Ezra. This is Christian. And we are the one-stop shop for everything sports-related, right? If you want to talk MMA, NBA, NFL, NCAA, hell, even some doggone baseball. We got yep. you, right? Okay. We, we even cover you. we even cover dog fights, chicken fights. Bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pickle you got ball. some pit, yeah, if you got pickleball, you got some pit bull you want to fight or something. Exactly. Might not be able to do a live stream of it, but we can definitely cover it for you on the back end. We could cover it. We could cover it. Yep. <laughs> your first time joining us, welcome to our TED Talk. We're about to get into some doggone sports. Remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and share because it will continue to push us out there. And also check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into this. The draft is this week. Okay, it's a really big deal. Uh, probably the number one overall player isn't even participating in the draft. Defensive ta- defensive player out of uh, Georgia. Oh, uh, combine. Yeah, the combine. Yeah, the combine. So, yeah. So, um Who's your sleeper? And Ezra, I want to go to you because you always got some player that we ain't never heard of before that went to Southwestern Tech. So who is your sleeper that's in the draft? Let let me make sure he's actually going to the combine first because he's such a sleeper for me. I got to go into the combine. So let's (laughs) look first. While, while, e, while E get that together, Chris, is there anybody you're looking for in particular? Or is there anybody that, that you, you're hoping the Saints pick up in this draft? Um, I I can't really say it's anybody in really right. certain particular person. I, I would just like to see um those young men get that chance, bro. You know, the, 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 the dream that they worked hard for, you know. What um the dream they've longed for, it, it, they they right there at the door, bro. They right there at the front steps. You know what I'm saying? So I can't really say it's one particular person I'm really looking for, but for the most part, I'm just hoping those young men go out there, shine hard, shine bright, um, and possibly get that chance they've been working hard for. You know that that dream that many dream of, but only few can really achieve. You know. It only really? comes real life a few. So that's what I'm hoping for. It may not be all of those young men out there, but hopefully a good bit of them get that dream. Um, have that dream come to reality, you know? Love that's it. my that's my take on it. Love it, love it. E, it looks like you found out that you got is not my guy. So so <laughs> I, I got some guys, you know, that I'm looking forward to. I think the most interesting thing I'm looking forward to at the Combine is Bryce Young's weight and height measurements because I don't think we've I think there are a lot of people in the the scouting community that feel like he's not going to weigh more than 190 which would be the time that like a player would go overall like quarterback and be that small so that's going to be something to watch um hopefully he's been you know eating like six meals a day trying to get that weight up a little bit um but for me your, your original question sleepers uh, a sleeper for everybody, A.T. Perry. He's a receiver out of Wake Forest. Big body guy. He's probably going to come in at about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, maybe. Really good wide receiver from Wake Forest. Hella underrated. Um, not going to be the fastest guy out there, but he's he's a nice big body uh, possession receiver type guy. Big catch radius. He can make all the catches. Was really good at Wake Forest. He'll probably... 
If I had to guess, he'll probably go around three to five, somewhere around there. But he's going to be – I think he's going to be a really good NFL pro. I'm very interested to see what, what team takes a chance on him. Uh, from the running back side of things, I'm looking at Sean Tucker. I like him. I think he's a good prospect. I know there's a lot of questions about, you know, if he can catch the ball. So I'm very interested to see how he does in those drills. I think if he has a really good showing in the 40, he can rise up draft boards. Um, same thing with Zach Evans. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. Um, a lot of people love him because of, you know, his athletic ability. He's fast. He's agile. Lost E. Oh, we lost him. It looks like we lost E. Uh, he definitely had a good take. I think he was about to, uh, you know, go too far into into some of the players that he's gonna try to draft. And <laughs> he ended up getting he ended up getting his wife to cut the internet off. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick up right where he left off, man. Uh, hopefully we can get him back in before the end of the show, uh, man. You know, one of the one of the guys that I'm looking forward to the most um, is Deuce Vaughn, the running back out of Kansas State. He balled out uh, tremendously this season, played really well, especially against um, top-tier teams like TCU, even though I absolutely hated TCU. He was probably one of the players that helped propel Kansas State to beating TCU you know, in, in, in that conference championship game. Um, another thing that he brought up, he was, he was, he was concerned about Bryce Young's height and his weight. Now, I got to give props to NFL Rookie Watch on Twitter, and we're going to dive in to a little bit more of their posts as we move through the show. But it's reported that Bryce Young will not throw or work out at the combine. C.J. Shroud will, Will Levis will, and Anthony Richardson will. But Bryce Young will not. Now, every quarterback that has gone first overall since 2019 has skipped the combine workout, right? So, Obviously, obviously he's going to play. Uh, he's going to participate in his pro day. But Bryce Young, as of right now, is not working out or throwing at the NFL Combine at all. So, Oh, and real quick while we're on Bryce Young, I read something today. Correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Um, I saw that his his height is a little over 5'10". Yeah. Little over what, like five ten and uh, two quarters, five ten and yeah. a half, three quarters, or something like that. He's not even, he not even five eleven, bro. Yeah, like with, the, with the with the cleats on, with the cleats on. Can y'all hear me? That's fair. Yeah, we can hear you, bro. He's back too. Yeah. For the yeah. viewers out there, yeah, it's back like y'all shoulders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but man. So Bryce Young ain't ain't participating. I mean, to be honest, I don't agree with that because, like we talked about with his size, I think if he doesn't measure out well, he's going to have to get on the field and throw just to kind of remind people of how good he is. I think that, He has his pro day, so that's what he's kind of waiting for, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like – this is my opinion, but I feel like if you're a good quarterback and you can sling it, like, shit, throw it the combine and throw it your pro day. You know, because, yeah. you know, to me, I think it's more impressive at the combine because it's not scripted. You know, you're literally kind of, you know, you're basically just doing drills. So, mm -hmm. I mean, folks before, I think, you know, Anthony Richardson's throwing, you know, 
he's somebody that definitely needs to throw there. Um, you know, he TJ might. Stroud, Will Levis. Will Levis definitely needs to throw. Yeah, Will Levis needs to throw. I think C.J. Stroud, it wouldn't hurt him to throw. Um, you know, it'll probably be between him and Bryce Young as the first quarterback that goes. And to be honest, you know, why not help your status? You're right there in Indy. Indy apparently is in love with you. Hey, you know, get to show off right there. But, um, yeah, Zach Evans is another guy to watch, though. Um, a lot of people are kind of torn on him. They don't know which way to go. Is he good? Is he not good? You know, can he be good at the next level? Um, you know, I think he might end up like an Alvin Kamara type situation where he didn't play a lot in college, but then once he gets an opportunity in the NFL, you know, he can kind of show out. Of course, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not comparing him to Kamara. I don't think they're the same, but, you know, I think that it could be a similar, you know, situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Appreciate that. Um, I got to ask y'all guys. I mean, there's a slew of quarterbacks out there that's actually participating in the combine. So who who would you say is kind of like one of those guys that you like, hey, you you really need to watch out, see what he does, because if he lands in the right position, it's a wrap. Hmm. Good to question, me, To me, it's Will Levis. Hmm. Here's why. And, and again, I'm not – I don't want to say he's this player because I don't think he is. I think he's a little different. But Will Levis is kind of getting the Justin Herbert vibes right now, right? Like, yeah, Justin Herbert, you know, in 2020, everybody was like, yeah, we don't think he's that good. He made a lot of mistakes in college, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And then all of a sudden he gets in the NFL. It's like, you know what? I did. You know, he did look good at Oregon. You know, now that I'm thinking about it. So I think Will Levis might be in the same situation. Um, you know, if he goes to the right team, has, you know, good weapons around him and a good system, I think he could be a really good NFL quarterback. I love that. I'm about love five, but, you know. Right. <laughs> Chris, what about you, bro? Anyone, you have one, anyone in particular? If not, it's perfectly fine. Oh, it's a good I, bit of them, man. You just said it's a slew of them, bro. Uh, I know. I know. I hate to put you on the spot like that. Man. I know. To, two, to two guys I personally like, and I hope they get drafted. I like Malik Cunningham from Louisville, and I like Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR, from UCLA. Both are kind of, you know, athletic, not the biggest quarterbacks. But, you know, I think that, you know, if they show out, I hope they get drafted and can, you know, just try to make it as quarterbacks in the NFL. I know – I think, what, Malik Cunningham got drafted to the USFL, so he's already got his backup plan if this don't work right, out. Right, <laughs> That's right. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find an answer to, to Jim's question, but I, <laughs> I can't really put my finger on one in particular right now. I might – I might, you might have to come back to me. I'm going to try to think okay. of one. I'm try to think of one. Ain't no problem. I'm trying to think about what the duration of the show. Right. So honestly, my sleeper is Hendon Hooker. Um, he was playing really well until he got oh. injured. And, um, injury, injury, injury aside, right? It was an injury to his knee, not his shoulders, not his back. It was to his knee, right? So um, injury aside, dude, if somebody can, you know, I, I, I doubt he's throwing at, at the combine. He may throw for his pro day. I don't know. But if someone gets an opportunity to, to, to pick up this guy 
I think they got a, a really damn good quarterback if they're patient with him because he, he, his throws were really great. His, his ball positioning was amazing. He's got an arm, and he can read defenses pretty well. So I, I like Hendon Hook. My other sleeper quarterback was supposed to come out, but he isn't, so I might have to hold this one away until next season. But Bo Nix, I got my eyes on you, my boy. Yeah, Bo Nix is a good one, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So I got a question. Um, so I know some players don't don't really go to combine, but the pro day. Which, in y'all opinion, is more um, valuable or um, meaningful in terms of um, showing your talents or showcasing your skills? Is it combine or pro day? Well, you can take that one. I'll follow up. Uh, yeah, I think it's the combine and two reasons. Number one, every NFL team's at the combine, right? So you don't have to worry about a team that you might want to go to or think that's a good fit. You, you don't have to worry about them showing up because every team, you know, has really the heavy hitters there, right? I mean, the damn, you know, GM, directive, scouting, you name it. They're all there. So I think for me, it would be the combine just because, you get that three to four days to interview, work out, kind of go through the process. Um, but it could hurt you, right? You could do bad at the combine. Whereas I feel like the pro day is beneficial if you had an injury, you can't, you know, participate in the combine or you messed up at the combine and now you get to redeem yourself, you know. But like some of these guys that, you know, maybe might go to like a, maybe like a, a, a 1A school, right, or like a D2 school, you, you're you going to have your pro day, right, but not every team might be there. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where depending on where you go to school, your pro day might not be as significant <laughs> because, you know, if there are not other people in your class or on your team that are, like, NFL worthy, you know, teams might not, not go out there to, you know, to your pro day. Mm-hmm. So you got to hope that, you know, somebody on Twitter is there recording you and you go viral or something like that. So I think to me, the combine is more important, especially for these like smaller guys that, you know, they're on the radar to an extent. Right. Because they got invited to the combine. But now the teams kind of get a chance to really look at you and get to know you and, you know, really try to figure you out, if you will. I can do it. I, I, I got to agree. Um you know, pretty much alone for the same reasons, but even more simpler than that, like first impressions matter. And that's like legit your first job interview with the NFL. And See, that's why I asked that, not to cut you off, Jim, but that's why I asked that to what you just said, first impressions matter. And I asked that because what we were just talking about, like some players don't really go to the combine and stuff. And I was just curious, like, if you're someone who's trying to um, go to that next level, but you choose not to go to the combine. Like, I wonder what does that, like, what kind of rapport does that build? Well, among those, that's, an easy, that's an easy that's, answer. That's why you I asked that question. Right. So that's an easy answer. Um, to be to be fair to the GMs and the teams, if you're a player that's, like, on the fence, as in terms of you don't know if you're going to go in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, and you decide not to go to the combine after getting invited, well, that just shows me that you have a lack of self-awareness. 
right? Just from just from the outside, you know, just from outside looking in. So what you think if, if I know that, what do you think these people that got millions of dollars is about to pour into you are thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So at, at that point, yes, if you a top pick, a top quarterback, a top DN, your name's been in, in every award and, and you decide not to go, then you decide not to go. Because at that point, you're a, you're a mercenary and it's the highest bidder at that point, right? But if you're on the fence and you decide not to go, I mean, shit, you might as well just not even show up for your pro day now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Straight up. So um, one thing I do want to talk about before we exit out of this, um, this, this topic about the draft, man, let's talk about wide receivers. Okay. Um, and I'm only bringing this up because initially what I thought about, I was like, man, this wide receiver class is not that deep, but in reality, if you start digging and start really looking at these teams, I mean, these players coming out, there's some talent in here. A lot of people are just letting go under the radar. For instance, Kayshawn Butte did not have the best year this year. Um, him and Jaden Daniels always seemed like they were off kilter. Uh, I don't know if he had things going on with his head coach, but it always just seemed like there was a disconnect there. Um, do you see Kayshawn Butte panning out in the NFL? Um, I, I, I got to I'm not going to be real short, uh, long-winded on this one. Uh, yeah, bro, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. You know, um, I think when along this journey, you know, and I can't really speak from experience because that's nothing I've ever really been a part of, but I think it's just him trying to figure himself out, trying to figure out what works for him. And, you know, he's still a young man. He's uh, maturing and once you get to that next level of professionalism, right, it's going to um, acquire you for to be a little bit more disciplined within yourself. Now, again, we don't know what's going on, what kind of situation he got going on, but um, I think he'll be fine, man. I think it's just one of those things where uh, you, 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 you have to be present, um, but you're still trying to figure out, like, if you're really, like, 100%, like, but for lack of a better word, I think he'd be fine, man. I think that young man has a lot of room of improvement, and I think that the, um, you know, ceiling is the, the goal for him. I think he's going to be straight. I'm rooting for him. Right? He's from the home team, so, you know, Absolutely. got a little, you know, got to gotta root for that young man. Absolutely. What about you, E? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Butte could be really good at the next level. Um, I just think, you know, it's just one of those things, right? Like, at LSU, he was really good. He just didn't get a lot of targets, a little, a lot of throws his way, um, which probably is hurting him, right? Because, like, this year, Malik Neighbors, like, really looked good and a lot of times looked better than him. Um, right. I think that this will be a good chance for him to try to, you know, just showcase his talent. Like, if you look at he impressed, but he never got over a thousand yards. You know, I think he barely got to seven hundred a few years. So he's now, he, led, he led LSU in, in receiving yards in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, if I'm not mistaken. He had a yeah. 
that year that he won the uh, I think he won didn't he win like the Belitnikov or some shit like that one year? No, not not Butte. Um yeah, Chase. Well, you know what it was? He was he was first team all all SEC as a freshman, is what it was. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, he's gonna be a guy that just you know he's gonna have to uh, he's just gonna have to impress people with the workouts and the eye test, you know. Um, you know, you talked about the receiver class. I think this receipt, this running backs class, is really deep. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this class, you could probably have eight or ten guys that come out, and they won't be you know workhorse backs, but they could be really impactful at the next level. Like. Right. I can see eight or ten of these guys if they go to the right situation or a certain team that they will be really good right away. Like, you know, to the point where, like, you know, when we talk in fantasy football, like we're looking to like try to get these guys and they're going to be that productive. Um, so I'm very interested to look at the running backs as a as a group, right? You know, like we talked about a few of them, but like, you know, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Tajay Spears, he's another good guy. Um, Tank Bidsby is another good running back. Um, I mean, hell, you got the kid from uh, UAB, McBride. He's going to be really good. I mean, there's a lot of good running backs in this class. We haven't even talked about, you know, Ibrahim. And, um, I don't want to butcher his last name, but Israel Abang, Abangkanda from Pittsburgh. <laughs> he's another good running back. Like, there's a lot of good running backs in this draft class, and you know, you know, we didn't even talk about some of the best ones, right? Like Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson. But mm-hmm. this running back class is really good, really, really deep, really deep. Um, that was that was a great segment, and I know I said that was going to be the last segment, but I would be remiss if I don't bring this up. Um, Seattle is reportedly going to be in the market for drafting a quarterback, uh, and we kind of talked about it in our group chat. How, you know, if they were able to get Hendon Hooker, which I hope they don't, I would like for Hendon Hooker to come to uh, Carolina. But it's, you know, every every draft board has Richardson going to Carolina and it's reported Richardson won't make it out of the top 10. So uh, we sitting there with the ninth pick in the draft. So we shall see. But what what do you think about uh, Seattle? You think Seattle is going to have an opportunity to pick up a quarterback they, they can mold? And by the way, the talk, the contract talks with Gino are going great. And I'm pretty sure he's understanding he's probably going to get a three million, a three year contract, probably worth somewhere between 25, 27 million a year. So kudos to him. So, yeah. What what, what you think, he? So I think for me. Um, like, I'm just and this is just me in general. Right. Like if I was uh, NFL GM. Right. I'm going to take the best player available. Right. Like I'm going to take the guy that I think is the best player and just figure it out. Like, obviously, if you have a need and that player on the board matches that need, then it works out. Like, Seattle did really good drafting last year. Like, I mean, they got a lot of really good players with last year's draft class. And I don't think it'll hurt them to take a quarterback, you know, because they did so well with last year's draft class that they, as some people say, they can afford to miss or take some chances on some guys, you know, you got that Broncos pick, which is a top five pick, you know, you can always trade out. You can always trade down, get some more picks and, you know, just continue to add to the 
all the draft picks that you have. But I, if I'm Seattle and this, you know, if the if your guy is there at quarterback, I don't see why you wouldn't take him. Geno Smith had a great year. He looked great, but that's a very small sample size, and he's 32, right? So, what happens next year if Geno gets hurt, or Geno doesn't look the same like he did the year before? Who's your backup? Drew Locke? You already know what that's about. You know, <laughs> like like Pete Carroll's been in this position before, right? He signed Matt Flynn in the offseason. Matt Flynn was going to be his starting quarterback, um, taking over from Matt Hasselbeck. They went ahead and drafted a quarterback in the third round that year. That guy ended up being Russell Wilson, outperformed him in camp, and, and you ended up with a franchise quarterback. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to be looking at quarterback prospects in this draft. Will they take one in the first round? We'll see, right? But I definitely think that they will be looking at that position because, you know, you have so many draft picks. You can afford to use one on a player that's probably not going to play right away because you got so many other draft picks. And it's not like they have a ton of needs, right? Like, they could use probably a backup running back or another linebacker. <laughs> yeah, or like a – you know, defensive line, they can definitely get some guys there. But, you know, Seattle, for the most part, I mean, they don't really have that many holes on the hey, roster. If I'm Seattle, if I'm Seattle, they got a high pick in the first round, right? If I'm Seattle, I'm trading back maybe, maybe five spots, right? I'm going to pass on a quarterback in the first round. I'm going to take one of these top wide receivers to pair with DK because, uh, what's his name, Lockett's getting old. Right. At some yeah. point, Lockett's going to get phased out, you know, so I, I got that, that Denver pick. I'm going to trade back a bit, get a high pick in the first round still. Then I can still come up in the second round and take a, a Hendon Hooker or whoever might be left that, that I could use as a project quarterback and give them that time to learn and grow and still have some really good draft capital that we're picking out. I really think Seattle's in a good position. Uh, historically, they've drafted pretty well. Uh, same thing with, with um, the doggone 49ers. The 49ers have always drafted well of recent. So I'm, I'm right. excited to draft, man. I really am. Yeah, and it, and it all depends on the team's draft board, right? You know, every team's board looks different, and there's some guys that they think, like, for example, right, like there might be a guy that everybody has as like a third or second-round pick, and they might have that person graded as a first-round pick. You know, so – the draft board is, is a very big piece of all of this, right? Like, I remember when the Saints, you know, that 2017 class with Kamara, Lattimore, Marcus Williams, all those guys, you know, they drafted Marcus Williams in the second round, and Sean Payton said, we had a first-round grade on We feel like we got three first-round picks out of this class with uh, Lattimore, Ramchick, and Marcus Williams because we had him rated as a top 15 prospect. You know, like, that's the kind of, things you know right that teams look at when they're making their draft boards and they end up being right you know there's some guys that might be consensus first second round picks and some teams are like nah i'm good on that guy you know i'd rather have this guy so it's gonna be interesting to watch absolutely absolutely man great nfl segment slash college segment that was amazing 
Uh, I kind of want to get into our last topic of the day, and I would be remiss if I wouldn't bring this up. But, man, it seems like your boy LeBron James, or my boy LeBron James, is uh, he might be out a couple weeks. They said they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks. But I don't know, man, that the Lakers cannot lose. They're not in a position to lose a bunch of games. Um, and, you know, me personally, I had them, you know, going on this 17 and, and, and four or six runs, something like that. And uh, with LeBron being out, I don't, I don't know anymore. I, you know, due to, I don't want to say they get a pass if they, for some reason, don't make the play in or something without LeBron being there. But that's a really big hole to fill. Whether you're a LeBron fan or not, you got to admit, replacing his production is going to be a tall task for the Lakers. And it puts, on, it puts a, a load on Anthony Davis to step up. So I'm really excited to see how AD responds, but I'm also praying to God that LeBron can, can return. So guys, how do, how do y'all see this? How do, how do y'all see this playing out for the Lakers? Does, you know, do they still make the playoffs? I know they were trying to get that sixth seed, but what y'all think this is going to happen with so I, uh, one fourth of uh, our show ain't here tonight, but as he would refer to, um, Big French Danola. <laughs> nah, 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 that's Big not. Big French Danola, man. Let's let's not. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> Don't be. Uh, shout out Tyler, bro. Shout out Big T. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, what you said, Jim, to try to replace LeBron's production is going to be a tough task, you know. To, to put more, I don't want to say pressure, but it would be a lot more um, baggage. Well, I don't want to even use that word baggage, but it would be a lot more weight on his shoulders for AD if he tries to, if they leave that responsibility up to him. You know, he, AD, he can give, he can produce for you, but he can't do it all by himself to win a game by himself. You know, at the end of the day, this is a team sport. You do need to surround the cast for, you, for your main players, right? We can we can go back to this argument. MJ didn't really get it done by himself, you know. And I don't want to bring this up to to try to bring this together, but I'm just saying it like it is a team sport. And when you have such an important piece, uh, uh, probably the arguably the most valuable piece with LeBron being out, especially in um critical time of the season right now. It's gonna be uh, very. I don't want to. I don't want to say very difficult, but it's gonna be tough for those for the Lakers um, to to go on a, a forward path um, and not have any missteps, you know, along the way. It's gonna be well, tough. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I want I want to give the Lakers their credit. Um, because I don't want to act like they don't have depth because them making those trades 100% provided depth. I, like the Lakers are a really deep team. They got literally mm-hmm. legit two starting lineups and, and they even have starters that aren't even in the rotation. So let me just say that I'm just specifically talking about replacing just LeBron. I don't care how much depth you have. I mean, unless your depth is like Kevin Durant or Giannis, you know, there's no depth to replace what, what you're losing in that. And I know yes, tonight they're playing, they're playing Memphis tonight. It's at halftime, and the Lakers are winning 49-69 at halftime in Memphis. So kudos to them, but can they finish the job is the question. So, E, I'm going to you. What's your input, brother? So, you know, here, here, here's where I, I got to keep it real, right? <laughs> 
LeBron's out, man, you really could use Russell Westbrook right now, man. Like, no, don't you don't even. <laughs> hey, don't hey, here we are. Um, Washington Wizards, Russell Westbrook would be really good right about now, man. Just you know, get the- Washington Wizards, Westbrook says Washington. <laughs> man, throwing them lives up to AD and just really hogging the ball and carrying the team to a win, man. That'd be really good right about now. Um, I am. I, I do mean that half-heartedly. I do think it would be good to still have Westbrook right now to try to, you know, keep the team afloat. But to yeah. your point, they've made a lot of good trades. They got good depth. But none of that is LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You got to look solely at AD. You are the other, you know, all NBA superstar on this team. This is your team now. Still you know, cool. if if this you gotta drop 40 and 20 every night to 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 you know for the Lakers to win games, then that's what you gotta do. Because that's what LeBron did when AD was out. Yeah, that's did, what I'm saying. LeBron birthday, LeBron was you, you literally supposed to, you know, Robin to LeBron's Batman. This, this is your show. You got to, you know, everything flows through you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jared Vanderbilt's a good player. You know, Malik Beasley's a good player. But none of those guys, you know, are superstars. They're good players. Right. They, they can play a role for you. They're starting caliber players. But you're going to need to be the guy. And everybody else follow your lead. Because let's be real. If Dennis Schroeder's dropping 30 a game, the Lakers ain't going to be you. In the playoff picture, uh, I mean, look, Schroeder dropped 30 points, AD average anywhere from 27 33 points a game. With, with that, no, my, my point is if Schroeder is getting 30 a game and he's the leading scorer, you're not, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, we ain't doing now, that. <laughs> if Schroeder's got 30 and Beasley's got 25 and AD's got you know 30, you know, about 15, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. But, but I, I just think everybody's gonna have to do their part and chip in. You know, yeah, everybody is it's gonna have to be a collective effort at the end of the day, you know. Absolutely. You you yeah, can't I mean, you, when you have like A D right now, like even then let's be realistic, like A D can only do so much, you know. He's he's very fragile, you know what I'm that, saying? That's the thing, right? Like his health is the biggest question. But yeah. when A D's healthy, he's arguably a top ten player. Mm-hmm. He can score all three levels, rebound, defense. He can do everything. Like right now at the half, he's got 10, 10 boards, eight points. That's good. That's bad. That's bad. The half? Well, dude, eight and points. The- eight points? Hey, he's got 10 boards, though. Man, fuck them, fuck them 10 boards. <laughs> that Negro got eight points. I mean, granted, the Lakers must be doing something to be up by three. Well, well, here's what it is. Austin Reeves has got 15, so there you oh, go. Okay. So, all right, so other people are picking up the slack. All right, cool. So Austin cool Reeves has 15, and Lonnie Walker has 10 at the half. Now, if they I'm lose, cool with that. I'm you know. cool with that. But I know this, damn well AD better finish remote in 23 points, 25 points, if we want to win this game. I, I agree, but, you know, uh, I call him Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's a good defender, so I don't know. But Jer- but think about that. I got Jaron Jackson Jr. I got Anthony Davis. Oh, but you know it's AD all day. Yeah. AD need to act like Timothy, bro. That's all he need to do. I, I agree. 
I agree, but you know, I know it's a mindset. It's a mindset. I, it, it is. It is. That FedEx form is different, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, look, look. I, I'm gonna say this. Hopefully, the Lakers can 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 must up some wins with LeBron off the court because that's one thing we always put the onus on LeBron to step up when somebody goes out, but we just expect the team to plummet when he goes out. So, but I mean, they're like ten and a half games back of the Pelicans for a play-in spot right now, and so, they're only two games behind the the, uh, the Mavericks for the six seed. Right. So, I mean, you definitely. I mean, they definitely have a shot, right? Like to answer your the mm-hmm. original question, they definitely have a shot. But are the Lakers without LeBron better than you know the Trailblazers and Damian Lillard? Probably not. Well, with LeBron, the Lakers are not better than seventy-one point Lillard. Like I don't know what it is about the Trailblazers, but every time they play the Lakers, they can't miss. Everybody shoot threes. Blazers low key killers. Fifteen, like you know, you I got. Know, but I'm, bro, they be shooting too many threes. Like I don't even get mad at the Lakers. <laughs> like, well, shit. I mean, we in their face. They just hitting shots. Man, my yeah. nigga just missed one. Shit, just missed one. Right. I don't even get mad at the Lakers when we play the Trailblazers, bro, because I already know they be on that bullshit. Like, we need to drug test the whole team after that, but before that game, because ain't no way in here. Y'all hitting that many threes against the Lakers, but everybody else, y'all just a regular NBA team. So, well, look, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Guys, remember, every like and subscribe gets us closer to another like and subscribe. So, like and subscribe. Yeah, and tell a friend. This is Christian. We are on the go podcast. We will catch you in the next one. We are out. Peace. Peace, you hoodlums. Yeah, yeah.